By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, PaperCut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to PaperCut Podcast. My name is Jared Gochek. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Lizzie Burt. Welcome to PaperCut Podcast. My name is Jared Gochek. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Bev. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my name, as he said, was Lizzie Burt. <laughs> I wear clothes sometimes. Oh, God. Nice. Okay. Um, I play music in Winnipeg, and... I have for about 10 years or so, and I recently opened up my own little picture framing shop. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Where is it? It's down St. Mary's Road by St. Anne's, 565 St. Mary's Road. Oh, that's right by my uh, the studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the recording studio and not my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very close. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Cool. So, so you started playing music... 10 years ago, what was your first project? Well, I started playing music way more than 10 years ago, but um, I, I don't know, my, I played, I played with a couple people, a couple um, ladies that I went to school with in, I guess, junior high and high school, we tried to start a band, a three, little three-piece. I don't remember what, I don't remember if we ever got anything done, but yeah, I don't remember a lot from that time. Did you have a name at least? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we probably did. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember. What were you playing? <laughs> I was probably going to be the singer. And then my <laughs> other friend was going to be the guitar player. And my other friend was going to be the drummer. <laughs> That's all the information I have on that. But... Uh, so that was, I guess, the first thing. But uh, I started writing songs when I was, <laughs> when I was, I wrote my first song when I was seven. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was one line over and over and over again. Do and you remember it? I do. <laughs> yeah, it was a spinoff of the show Seventh Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was very Christian uh, when I was seven. Uh, and uh, it went, oh, this is really embarrassing kind of. But seven and heaven complete. And I would just sing that over and over and over <laughs> again. And I sang it for my dad. Um, and he gave me a very weird look. And that was that. Uh, and Have you ever thought about recording that? I just did. Remix it, we'll put a back and track. <laughs> this would be great. Feel free. Yeah, this will be Honestly, hit. any melody, any song can be made into the best song, I believe. So and is that your motto throughout uh, your music career, or did you just well, I kind come of. With it? I mean, like it's a, <laughs> it, it's a tucked away in a pocket in the back of my mind, that's always there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember like a long time ago, I probably heard a song that was not that great that I didn't that I didn't really like, and was like, but this could be a really good song if it was done differently, and then I was just thought that for everything. It's going to be really good if it's done differently. Yeah, or like just, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like almost any song could be killer. 
a case in uh, case in point that Chet Faker no diggity cover. No, no, it. not familiar with it. No, Chet pull Faker. it up. Just <laughs> yeah, pull it, pull it. link it. Yeah, link in the bio. Uh, Take check two it out. minutes right now. Go on to YouTube, listeners, and just yeah. pull it up. It's that no diggity song from the nineties. No diggity, yeah. about to back it up. But oh, it's a cover. Yeah, I, yeah, and yeah, it's I, like that I, slow yeah. metal. Yeah. Beautiful. It's beautiful. really beautiful. Beautiful. Anyways. It's probably killer. Enough of Chet Faker. <laughs> what was your first actual project that came together that you remember? The first actual project. That, One that I guess would you would. That I was like actually part, like a, a part of. People paid to watch you play. Um, well, I had my Lizzie Bird thing. I did my own solo stuff for a while around Winnipeg. But group wise, uh, Blisters. Uh, a band called the called Blisters, which was friends friends from high school, and it was um, a friend of mine who wrote uh, all the songs, and it was a very weird time, but it was awesome, and it was quite euphoric being in that band, which was um, like when we were playing uh, on stage, the sound was just it was huge. For me, at least, um, it was sh- shoegaze, which is now seems to be a buzzword. It probably has been a buzzword for a long time now, actually. But uh, shoegaze was uh, influenced by My Bloody Valentine and and the Beach Boys, and it was just fantastic. I I loved that. I loved the music that my friend wrote, and I was and I was sa- I sang in that. And played keyboards toward the end, and that was just like half the best time ever and half the worst <laughs> for reasons. But um, yeah, yeah, that was the first kind of like real band that um, I was really like a, a core part of, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I came later on. They had, Daniel had been doing stuff for a while, but. Um, And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then formed Basic Nature. Nice. Um, Basic Nature formed in about in 2014 uh, with me and Claire <coughs> Bones, and that was that was really great experience. Uh, writing, like bringing songs to Claire and us writing together, and yeah, and. I don't know what more I could say. What type of music? Oh yeah, that might be helpful. <laughs> um, Basic Nature was kind of coined as Prairie Gaze, like an offshoot of Shoe Gaze. It's not Shoe Gaze. It's kind of had a dreamy aspect to it, like dream pop aspect to it. Um, I feel like I really wish I could hear what it was like in the audience so that I'd have a, a better idea of what it actually could be more accurately genreized as because I really don't, when I hear it I don't, and I hear it I don't know what I would say it sounds like because I also wasn't listening to very much music at the time so I didn't really know how to compare it to whatever else was out there but it was, I 
was, I guess, sort of heavily influenced by Slow Dive, but influenced slash I have very limited capacity on guitar, so it was, I feel like I kind of just make melodies on my guitar that are just really easy to do. And there's some notes that ring out that give it this sort of dreamy feel. And that still do. I use the same chords now as it did then. <laughs> and I love it. Um, but yeah, you could say it's like dream pop. So what made you decide to pick up a guitar? And how many instruments do you play? Mm. I started playing piano and you know, classic, I hated it. I was classic I was trained, I guess it was in the Royal Conservatory of Canada. Royal Conserv Royal Conservatory. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it's all called. <laughs> um yeah, so I started with piano and then I think my sister started playing guitar when we were in junior high. And so I just she started like playing and making little songs and then I decided I wanted to and then she got I think she got kinda mad and stopped. <laughs> I felt kinda bad. So that and my dad's a musician and I grew up around I grew up around him writing songs and going and seeing him play and that definitely influenced influenced me to And play your dad music. plays piano? No. No, my my parents put put me in piano though. Oh. Yeah. No. Piano sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it now though. Right? Yeah. Uh, coming of age, <laughs> if you will. Like so what instrument did your dad play that you went to go see? Or like what type of music? He was like a singer-songwriter, like folk roots, blues singer-songwriter. Mm -hmm. um, and he played guitar. He's a really phenomenal guitar player. Um, I love watching him play guitar. He can shred. He can just shred. <laughs> uh, now he plays in a band called Vintage Groove, and they play like... Phew, so often. Really? They play more often than a lot of bands I know, like in the scene. And way more than me. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so we should have had him on the show. Yeah. That's yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. My pants are undone. That's okay. It, we're on radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody um, would have known. Yeah. yeah. Except for us, obviously. Well, I just wanted to tell everybody, mm -hmm. you know. Makes them feel like they're in the room yeah. with us. Yeah, every time we do like hand gestures, we try and like describe them just so that people know. Yeah, so yeah. You know it is, like, it's real time. Want people to be along the ride, you know, for yeah. the ride. Some yeah. people do the finger, the air finger quotes. We yeah. have to say. Yeah. They're yeah. doing the air finger quotes so you know. We do like an That's overdub later. Um, uh, she just did the <laughs> air finger quotes. Yeah, when we record commentary. Like yeah. Yeah. We do director's cuts of every episode. <laughs> yeah. But you have to do it all by memory because you're not actually videotaping this. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a real good so skill. So you like gave us a bit of a an easy out on that one by describing your pants situation. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's my ultimate pleasure. <laughs> so um, were your parents a driving force for you to get into music? Or were, was there anything that inspired you from the beginning? Hmm. I just had a lot of emotions, <laughs> and I, j I don't know, I think it was probably my, like, my mom's not, 
really uh, musical that I know of, unless she's hidden it for my entire life, which I, <laughs> you never know. But uh, now my dad, my dad taught me um, how to write songs. My dad is very business oriented too, like business. It seems he's very like business side of music oriented or that and um, and like formula oriented mm -hmm. and like taught me about hooks, taught me about bridges, taught me about verses and choruses and where you put them and stuff. <laughs> and so I would just write a bunch of songs with like these different formulas when I was younger. Um, one was one I wanted to sell to Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh, nice. I love Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I wanted to sell her a song. <laughs> How did you reach out? Was it an email? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh. I wanted to. I was like, this would be perfect for Avril Lavigne. <laughs> what do people like do that? Just reach yeah, out on social media? I like mean, it, like, that was really great that you thought that he <laughs> was like business-oriented like <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. I thought that's what the transition Younger is like age, right? Like, are we talking? <laughs> Young, well, like... Let's see, when did I start writing those? I must have been grade six. Oh, so like 12. Like, you yeah. should have known that she wasn't going to... No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Like, well, I watched, I watched Oprah this one time. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I was like, I have to write Oprah a letter. I, I really need to meet Orlando Bloom. True. So, like, I had these little fantasies of, like... And then I had a dream about him. He was on our computer in our basement. <laughs> It was so cool. He was like on, like playing on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that would that was satisfaction. Now he didn't write Oprah. After that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that did it for me. It's <laughs> like, well, I kind of met him. <laughs> he was I played on the computer a lot. <laughs> so uh, Avril Lavigne was Avril Lavigne an influence to you? Do you think? No. no, you just like thought <laughs> she would like that song. No, I was just a, uh, I was just mad child, was and just, so was Avril. And yeah, we had a lot in common mm -hmm. at the time when I was twelve. Yeah, a lot in common with Avril <laughs> when I was twelve years old. Um, but no, I just remember like writing this song, and I was like, "Whoa, this is kind of dark." And for some <laughs> reason, I was like, "This is good for Avril." <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a rap in there too. Actually, I don't know. I have I have the papers still though. I've saved as much as I could. You so. still have like some of your old songs that were written. And would you ever um, crack those out again? The Seventh Heaven song. Oh, I crack that out from time <laughs> yeah. from time to time <laughs> when I tell the story. <laughs> it's probably like two times in the last year. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Or like when like sound check, you can bring that out for sound check. You know. Oh yeah. That could be sure. your, because every it's so boring when people are like, one two one yeah. two. But if you yeah. started doing that, <laughs> yeah. you'd really oh. shake it up. Oh, Canada's a really good one to sound check with. <laughs> wow, very yeah. very patriotic. <laughs> but like, it's also kind of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hilarious. <laughs> Everything I do is actually just a joke. <laughs> okay, so I want to go back to talking about basic nature. You were like pretty like you guys had a lot of great gigs and were playing mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. 
And it's interesting to me to say that you didn't know how to play guitar. Can you explain that a little bit better? Because you, you did. I mean, I was. I feel like I was always pushing my limits with guitar, and I, and um, towards the end of Basic Nature, I felt a lot of pressure because, um, yeah, maybe I can play guitar, <laughs> like. I, it, it's kind of like when you're in school and you're really good at memorizing things. I create these melodies, whatever, and then I'd have to work really hard to memorize them. And then, and then looping on top of that and doing that all while singing. And that, I mean, like, I don't know, I don't know anything about the guitar. <laughs> I don't know what any of the scales are. I don't know. So it's all like visual, it's all visual experience with, and um, I always have to look, make sure where I see where I'm going. So it's, it's, it was really hard work, <laughs> mm -hmm. if you will. So you're doing more of like a memorization mm -hmm. game, knowing where your fingers have to go in order to make the, yeah, rather than having that musical inclination of just knowing where those types of yeah. chords are. Oh, that's intense. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting emotional for you, like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Well, I mean, like, that's just, that's just how I went about it. Yeah. Just, I didn't know how else to, other than, you know, like, practicing all the time, but like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, no doubt. I just want to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and write these songs. Um, so how do you come up with a melody if you don't know where the sound that you want to make is? It just f comes out. Like, I don't know, I don't know the notes on the guitar, mm -hmm. um, but, but there's some sort of kinship that's going on between the instrument and I, mm -hmm. where I, either if I am thinking of a melody, I will find it, right? or I'll just let something come out freestyle. So I've let, my hand has a general idea of what it, where it can go, and... You know, I know what a scale sounds like. Mm -hmm. I am I am trained in that way. Right, right, yeah. And and whatnot. And I so I just kind of like find mm -hmm. figure it out. Right. <laughs> and then memorize it. I have to record it, and then I have to refind everything again if I lose it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So there's that, and then yeah, adding adding stuff on top of that. And the, yeah, that can be like uh, I'd I'd have to like spend a few days doing that, um, repeat repetitively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what made you decide to use a looping pedal, or who introduced you to a looping pedal, or how did that come about? That's a good question. Um, I mean, like I remember being around people playing music uh, who like had a looper. And I was like, eh. and I remember like trying to play with one one time, and it just was like, whatever. I'm I'm um kind of flailing my hands out, um, in a confused state. Yeah, and <laughs> also a little bit dismissive, like whatever. Right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Adding the emotion into it too, it's it's a next level thing. I love emotion. <laughs> <laughs> so flat. <laughs> I it is the best. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, 
Yeah, what? I don't even... So when did you become comfortable with a looping pedal after your first (sighs) not cool experience? (laughs) Or never? (laughs) (laughs) It took... It took a while. I remember... I remember jamming with Claire um, and like the very beginnings of basic nature and I had this loop pedal or like I had, I guess I had, I, I think I wrote a couple songs with the loop pedal previously or did I not? I don't know. I don't even know. Wow. Bev's hands are on her face in, in shock, disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like horror, mostly horror, like the scream. That's like, yeah. That's extremely accurate. (laughs) Um, Not kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I, I remember practicing and just, yeah, like, it's not meeting up. It took so long to, like, get it, to to understand how one, the looper worked. And, like, some loopers are different, so you can play one and it'll be, you have to, like, click it down on a certain... um, at a certain time but then others it'll be a little bit just a tiny bit different so yeah getting used to like the looper was was a, definitely a challenge uh, but um, I was determined to figure it out wow <laughs> but yeah I remember it being like very frustrating and then I'll, like Basic nature was amazing. What, like when thinking about this, like thinking about how difficult it was to get to loop, to sing, to have someone playing drums to that loop. That is, and and really well. Claire did a great job. Mm-hmm. Like that. Oh my god, that's crazy. Anyway, is that something you'd like to have another project like that in the future? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not really thinking about it though. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. probably. You have another yeah. band now, so. Yeah, I'm playing with a band called Juniper Bush, and I don't have to do any looping, which is nice. But um, I still do solo stuff on my own. <laughs> really? <laughs> I do solo stuff on my own. <laughs> Groundbreaking. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I do solo stuff like at home where, and I don't play out too, too much, but I've got, I've written in the last little while, some pretty intense looping songs, which I am, uh, really enjoying. And I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I would introduce another person into it. I, I like, I like doing it just, just on my own kind of right now, but yeah, I don't know. So then how is your creative process in Juniper Bush? In Juniper Bush? Well, I had written uh, a handful of songs uh, that... Well, yeah, I, I had written a handful... Like, in the, in the beginning, like, years ago, I had written a handful of songs um, that I brought to the band. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but um, sometimes, like when we we have a huge backlog, it seems of unfinished songs because just 
we jam and then a song is just happening. And so I try to record as much as I can because I don't know, something just something just happens so oddly easily um, with this uh, configuration of people. And it's quite amazing. So I have like a lot of song like what I, I would probably usually do is kind of take take something that we jam on and either I or we all will figure out a an actual structure for it and then uh, Danny and I work on vocals it's like pretty pretty easy we have a lot of material <laughs> and we haven't released any of it so this might be an obvious question. Do you enjoy working by yourself with your own process or do you like having other people contributing and being able to have a backlog of you know stuff to release? Both. Yeah. Both uh, intensely. I need variety uh, or I'll go crazy. So <clears throat> like I, I really like being able to just focus on my own stuff and have that just like be in my own world with no with no no um, outside influence no other than praise (laughs) (laughs) I like love being supported (laughs) but um, but yeah I I definitely grew really um, really really fond of being in a in a group of people with uh, everyone contributing in their own unique way like it's so magical like both having both is really magical because for I guess they're they're different reasons yeah so how do you feel about your skills in guitar now that it's that you're part of a band are and there's two guitarists then yeah in this band yeah so how does working with that guitarist it's great. We play guitar like the same way. <laughs> he also doesn't really know anything about guitar, but I think Dan does. <laughs> he he kind of does, I'm pretty sure. But not but not much. But we we seem to have very similar playing styles. Mm-hmm. So, it works really well. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Cuz I feel as though nobody's come on the show yet that described their playing ability in the same way that you have, just so to find someone that plays the same way as you is really interesting. Yeah. And both musicians that are, like, very respected and successful in what they're doing. Mm. It's, like, so mind-blowing. <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, I mean, he doesn't... That's, that's like, looping stuff aside. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, the way we, like, play chords and and... I don't know how, yeah, melody, what, melodies-ish kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really easy to meld. Really, yeah, all of us, like the four of us, our styles were just really easy to meld together to create this kind of like new thing. Hmm. I love it. So when you're writing a song... Does the guitar part come first or like the melody, like your singing come first or like the lyrics? Like how do you write a song? It totally depends. Yeah. It's a bit of everything. Some, a melody will come out first and then 
I'll introduce the guitar to it and figure out what that guitar part is supposed to be mm-hmm. and then figure out what the rest of the song is supposed to be. <clears throat> um, and then, yeah, and then sometimes it's just a guitar, a guitar melody or a riff that I'll freestyle over and then get down words for. And it can be a really long editing process. Go from a really, really crappy thing to like <laughs> there's a little like uh, dismissive floofy also like petting a piece of crap <laughs> and emotion. a piece of crap exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little crappy thing <laughs> with like terrible lyrics and the melody's like kind of there to like slowly it just like slowly turns tr- transforms itself uh, through repetitive playing and tweaking mm-hmm. into this thing, into this its own little entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so that happens a lot. Quickly, we want to talk about your framing. Oh yeah. So, framing business, your own business. Yeah. You, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. Wow. I'm a new business owner. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that and. Um, a little bit about the process of like when you get a piece of art to when you hand it back to the person that presented you with that art. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, when I first got trained in framing, which I was trained really well, I would, uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the first place that I had worked, um, and my coworkers. Uh, I would always joke to them about uh, I was gonna have my own frame shop, and I was gonna hire you. I'm gonna hire you guys, and we're gonna work together for the rest of our lives. <laughs> uh, they were so great, and um, and then anyway, so I, I ended up working at another frame shop. Uh, we stayed in touch. We're still, I, we're still friends, and um, that was kind of when I was like, I want to put my own name on these things. Mm-hmm. This is this is the work that I'm doing, and I love doing this work, and. I learned a lot about what not to do, which just made my foundation of skill set so much stronger. And so I started just thinking like, what's my name gonna be? It's gonna be Bev. (laughs) (laughs) Bev sounds like a really nice name. I really like it. And so I started thinking about how I was gonna sign the backs of these pieces. And then finally that that job uh, came to its, its, it's inevitable end and um six six months later this space popped up that uh is now my shop wow yeah yeah and uh after i had lost that job i was like okay like that day i started being like okay well what do i need what do i need to have my own business my own framing business what are the supplies that i need i started kind of slowly Think I started thinking about it really intensely, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and then it, yeah, it it manifested quite quickly, much quicker than I could have ever imagined. So, um, what else was I gonna say? What's the shop called? Yeah. It's called Bevy Times Custom Picture Framing. So B E V V Y T E Y E M S. Yeah. Awesome. Bevy Times. So the other half of that question maybe was the 
you get a piece of art, how do you decide like what frame it's in or does the person who comes in decide what frame, mm-hmm. like that whole process, yeah. the creative process behind yeah. framing? Well, it's like a little dance. So like someone <laughs> comes in with whatever they, whatever they have, say it's, say it's a print um, with certain colors in it, figures, what have you. And there's all, like you can frame all sorts of different things, which is <laughs> so fun. Um, but there's there's some shoulder action yeah so fun fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah essentially I kind of uh, assess what their taste is what the person's taste is because that's that is really important too as well as the artwork it can be depending on there's so many things you have to assess um, if they're if they want to be if the uh, person who's brought something in wants to just focus on the piece and that's that if they have certain decor that they want to uh have it kind of blend in with if there's certain colors that they really like if there are uh certain certain things that they find visually appealing i try to kind of accommodate as much as i can uh, while also really working with the piece um and then if they're doing like a mat or something there's so many different options for framing, so I try to just offer as many offer as many of the options as I can, uh, while also keeping a budget in mind, depending on uh, if that is important or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's different colors that can accentuate. There's different there's different things that can happen when you frame something that uh, will accentuate different parts of the piece. And some you don't maybe some you don't really want those things accentuated, and you want other things accentuated. So it's mm-hmm. about color play, color play, and um, and texture play, and um, yeah, pr- different profiles for frames. They all have this like weird, beautiful way of of bringing something to life mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, I think you're in the perfect line of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Um, oh, I have it written down somewhere, but there, when, I was, uh, when I was in workshop for uh, Creative Manitoba, we were thinking about a um, bunch of stuff, but um, something that I had kind of thought about and written down was uh, the art. Art is the magic. Framing is the wand framing acts as a communication a communicative communicative tool mm-hmm. f- for the art oh, I, re- I wrote it down somewhere it was really yeah. good it but sounds yeah. you sent it it'll be in the link we'll <laughs> yeah. put, put that quote there yeah I'll, I'll, uh, I'll find it it's written down in my book over there but yeah art is magic framing is the wand wow I've mm. never really thought about yeah. framing hardly at all, I know. ever in my mm-hmm. life, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I've only been framing, like, Scarface posters. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I really needed, like, a lot. But your poster would look way cooler if it was, like, in a gold, like, oh, decorative, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. badass frame for a Scarface poster. Yeah. That'd be sick. That'd be pretty sick. That would probably bring it out, make it pop a little bit more. A Al little Pacino's bit more, face, yeah. You know, like, when we're sitting in the chair. I don't actually have that poster. I had it a long time ago. It <laughs> oh, it ripped. Yeah. Yeah. No. You can dry mount it. We'll, we'll discuss <laughs> Yeah. We'll discuss bring our next project. Bring it down. <laughs> 
bring it, bring it down. I'll go over all the options with you. Well, yeah, and you're just on the street, too. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. You ready? I'm ready. Thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on Paper Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. thanks. Oh, and thank you. And thanks. Thank you. <laughs>